Well, good evening, First Baptist Church family, and thank you for tuning in once again as we bring God's house into your house. Uh, this is the year of faith. This is the time where we are watching our faith grow and mature. There are so many things I want to share with you. So many of you tuned in over the last two weeks uh, to Bible study and to our Sunday worship service. I want to thank all of those new members. We have new members who have joined. We're still working on an opportunity to greet you, to meet you, and to let you see virtually or even maybe stop by and visit your new church family, your new church home. Uh, but as for tonight, as we pick up on part two of last week's lesson, watching our faith grow and mature, I have a special guest uh, sitting with me today. I'm very excited to have, and it's my own son, Keenan Norman. Uh, I have watched, well, first of all, I can honestly say, you know how you hear a lot of people say, I've known this guy all my life. I've known this guy all his life. I've known him all of his life, uh, being there on the day that he was born, watching him grow uh, physically. I've watched him grow uh, emotionally. I've watched him grow in areas of responsibility. But Sunday, while having dinner, we had a conversation about faith. As a matter of fact, he started the conversation uh, complimenting his dad on the message. <clears throat> First of all, I thought that was good. Uh, but when he complimented me on the message, he began to share with me some insight. And so, man, I'm thankful that you're with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for Taking away from your busy schedule. Uh, Keenan works every day, but uh, wanted to have him share with us in tonight's Bible study. So, so faith, uh, uh, this whole concept of faith, you, you, you began to drop some nuggets uh, in my spirit on Sunday that blessed me. And uh, kind of wish I had had you around to write my sermon with me before I did it. Might start inviting you to think about it with me before we get started. So tell me, uh, what was it about Sunday's message and faith that blessed you? And, and share with, with this congregation the things that you should kind of share with me. Um, the thing that resonated with me Sunday was um, the, my favorite point when you said, um, she said to herself. They resonated with me because oftentimes people and me, like I know sometimes I can go into certain things with a different attitude. Like if I don't want to do it, I won't give it as much energy, but if I want to do it, I'll give it all my energy. So just speaking things like that, like if I give 20% on a test that I need to study for and I'll get 20% results from that 20% studying. But if I give it 100%, I'm gonna get that good grade or if I'm on the job and I'm not performing well, then that's because my attitude that day was, ah, I don't want to perform well. But if I say I'm going to do right, I'm going to perform well, I'm going to do all my tasks, then I'll get that, that hey, here's that raise, here's that promotion or something like that. Wow. That, that was the part that blessed me because over the years I have watched you. I've, I mean, and I can measure a lot of things by, you know, about you. But faith is a personal thing. Uh, faith is something that is yours. You own it. It's internal. Right. Uh, you can grow in height. I can buy you clothes. Uh, you, can, you can grow, you know, in needs or emotionally, physically. But faith is between you and God. Uh, has your faith matured and grown over the years? Yes, sir. Um, I can remember just at the beginning of last year when everything was smooth. I had a job. I was like, all right, cool. Then COVID happened. So that was a big um, that was a big test of my faith because I went from having a job to not having a job. And I was like, okay, so I need a way to pay the bills that I have. Cause Sprint not going to be like, okay, you're going to pay on hope. Nah, we ain't going to do that. Like, right. 
Um, it was just a big test because I haven't been in that situation before. Right. Um, I haven't been in a situation where I had to apply for um, like the, the, the checks and the money and stuff like that and um, unemployment benefits. So um, that was a big test. And then when I was in that period of not having constant money flowing and trying to find ways to make money, um, that's when I was presented with the opportunity through you to do something that even broadened my faith and made me realize how um, grateful and blessed I was because at that point I was delivering meals. And while I was delivering meals, something resonated within me that said, well, you're delivering meals, but you could be the one receiving meals by, like, by just, I don't know. You're, you're delivering meals, but the blessing is you're delivering and not receiving. Yeah. And so that resonated with me, and I didn't stop, it didn't stop there. So I'm um, applying for jobs, wasn't getting the jobs that, that I applied for, so I kind of got like frustrated and stagnant. Right. I was like, okay, I'm doing the right thing, but right. this is not happening. So um, I applied for the job that I have now, and it's just been good ever since. So, so, so there are two points of the sermon. Your, your requests weren't lining right. up with the results. Right. And so, yeah, we talked about that because, you know, you find yourself in that area, in that era of life. And I, I really want to ask you to, to help me with that as a young man, a man of a different generation than me. Uh, what is it like for a young person who's trying to do right uh, and trying to make the best choices? I don't get into this right and wrong choices, but trying to make the best godly choices you know how to make with all the stuff going on around you, part one. And then part two, with the results not lining up with what you are trying to put out there. Part one, the answer would be it's hard because as a young African-American male who grew up in the church and knows all about God and how he blesses people, it's kind of hard sometimes because you, you praying, you're coming to church, you're praying to this God, and in the times you need him most, it's like, sometimes I feel like I was on pause. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, I'm praying, I'm doing this, I'm tuning in yeah. to service. Right, like, right, right. I'm doing what you say we need to do, but I kind of don't feel you. So it was kind of a frustration period. And um, one thing that I, that I can say is that Sunday taught me um, never give up because it says she suffered for 12 years. Yeah. So... In my flesh, if I would have suffered with something for 12 years, I'm not going to lie, I would have gave up. Like, after the first year, I'd be like, all right, I've been praying for nine months. Okay, we're in the last quarter of the year. I'm just going to give up because nothing hasn't happened yet. But the thing that resonated with me with the 12 years was she didn't get the ultimate healing until she went through those 12 years. Mm. And the ultimate healing was just being touched, was her touching Jesus. Yeah. And what I learned from that was... In today's world, and people of today, we go through spiritual warfare, mental warfare, financial issues, depression, and sadness, but we tend to turn to other things that we think will help us. Um, we have different vices. I'm not going to name them, but those people know what their vices are to try you, to get you help. You get that from your dad. I, I don't <laughs> get into folk vices. Yours are yours and mine are right. mine, but. But the thing is, she, she spent all she had, mm -hmm. but once she got to Jesus and touched him, it says that her healing became effective immediately. Immediately. So yeah. that resonated because no matter how much time you spend trying to get the healing that you think you need, that you think you want or you got to get, 
it will not happen until you get to that that touch. Like it it says it. Like it yeah. happened immediately. It didn't say it happened in two days, two weeks, two months, two years. Right there on the spot. Man, I went to school for years to learn that, and you got it just like that. I mean, look, I appreciate your insight. So I'm going to dig a little deeper. How's your faith challenged with stuff like what we saw last week? I mean, again, a young black man, come on, in this world, right? Right. Driving, trying to sit up straight and, and do everything. Because you know if you driving down the street and leaning and rolling, woo, you know, could happen. Right. Um, and you saw what took place in the nation's capital last week. The nation's capital and that whole event was, it was mind blowing because I remember, I, went, I actually had a chance to visit the nation's capital on multiple occasions. And in the time that I went, I would have never thought that anything like that would happen. Like I had pictures on my phone that mom sent me saying when it was safe to visit the capital because I was standing on the, on the steps. And so seeing that, it was like, if, they were black. That's all I said. And it, it's a whole different story. Like, being black, you can't do certain things. Can't be on the wrong side of town at the wrong time. Like, I remember one time I was coming home, and I got pulled over just because of the truck I was driving. And I was like, okay, this is the same time around Trayvon Martin happening. So I knew that it was a, it was a target. It was something that made us stand out. And at that moment, I said, these are the times we're living in. I don't know how to accept it. I know I would have to accept it soon, but I don't want to. And so seeing the things like the nation's capital, and it was, it was mind blowing. And now as I'm on social media, I saw an article just saying like how things leading up to the, um, to the inauguration, how things are happening and what's gonna happen. So now it's kind of like, all right, is this stuff gonna happen? And now I just do what I do now, turn to my faith. All right, God, this is out of my control. I can't physically control this. So it's in your hands. So, so I, I guess that's where, first of all, that, that answer, that whole answer is just mind blowing and blessing me. Uh, that helps me with my anxiety um, because we are on alert in, right. in the world right now, man. Right. It's strange, isn't it? Yep. It's, a, it's a strange feeling, um, but it helps me with my anxiety because I can't do anything about this. And so where do I turn as a person of faith? You say, I turn to God. Right. I turn to God. Uh, and, and, and that's good. We haven't always been that way, though, have we? Nope. Um, I'm going to say I haven't always been the let me turn to God first person. Okay. I was the one to... If I, was going through, if I was going through something, depression or anything like that, I wouldn't talk to anyone. Um, it was those moments where those, hey, big, come, come talk to me. And that's when I talked. Big, so, big is your, right. your, this, your, your love child yeah. name from your daddy. Yeah. So just those talks, those hugs, those, let's just, let's just be cool. Those helped. And so the older I got, that's when I was like, okay, this love, this passion, this desire I have to want God is not going to go anywhere. So I have to make it stronger. Um, and I'm going to say it, I lost some friends that I thought were friends because of the, the walk that I was on. Mm -hmm. But at the end, losing those friends benefited me because I'm in a different place now. Right. So um, I just like stuck with God. Well, now I stick with God more. Mm -hmm. um, each morning, 30 minutes, I meditate pray about my day, how things want to go, 
and just let God lead the way. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's faith maturing. That's faith maturing. So you said something earlier, I, I thought, that kind of dovetails into the passage of Scripture that I read last week from Second Peter, I think it was. For, every, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Uh, and I don't, want, I don't want to go through the list, but it says, when I start gaining faith, I need to start putting some stuff into practice, right? right. And uh, what did you say to me, Sunday? What you put in is what you get out yep. or something. What was that about? Um, the Minute Maid quote, that's what I call it because it's on the back of the Minute Maid card. And you put good in, you get good out. Okay. That's just a modern version of saying you reap what you sow. Whatever you, if you put bad in, you get bad. If you put good in, you get good. So just always, that's a constant reminder of me saying whatever, whatever I put in is what I will get back. So if I wake up in the morning and say, hey, today's going to be a bad day, mm -hmm. then things are going to happen in that day to make my words come true and make my words come into fruition. Right. I, I'm, and, and I'm part of a growing uh, number of theologians that have learned to really take the language of years ago and associate it with the words of today. So a lot of people in your generation use the word like energy, right? right. Well, energy is not a bad thing. I, I right. think we do put energy, and some people talk about karma or whatever. I just believe that effort and energy are what we put into something. And so I think what I hear you saying is what I choose to put into my growth and, and spiritual journey with God right. is what I get out of it, right? right? The persistence of this woman who hangs out, like you said, 12 years and is like, I'm still going, right? Right. And then her conditions, similar to what you even described, I'm praying and requesting one thing over these 12 years, but ain't nothing happening. Right. It even says she got worse. Like, yeah, she got worse. Right. And, and wow, wow, wow. Pick on that for a minute. <laughs> that goes back to me giving up. Like, if I would have stuck it out with those 12 years and saw that my, what I was doing wasn't coming into fruition or I was getting worse, I'm giving up. Like, I'm like, okay. This it don't make no sense. Right. It hasn't happened by now. It doesn't make sense. Um, I've tried. So now that I've tried, I can't say I didn't try. So I'm just giving up. But um, the, the thing that, like you said, the persistence, like she never stopped. And um, one of my favorite songs is by Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Like I listen to that a lot because the title, Don't Stop Believing, like whatever you believe is, is going to happen. Right. So. With that, I just, I know I'm different. Like my, my persistence has developed more now because I get to see the results. Like it doesn't happen immediately, but I do see some results. Um, there have been times where I have seen immediate results, but um, that, didn't, that didn't make me stop. Like if I got it then, I'm not gonna stop. So my persistence just kept going. It kept growing, it kept learning. And yeah, it got me to where I am today. Like, so, I'm, I'm, you know, you're feeding me well. I don't know if, you know, I may have to quote you a little bit in the sermon on Sunday. I may just get out of the way and let you preach it all together. <laughs> I don't know. Faith doesn't always make sense. Right. It doesn't always give us what we are looking for at the moment that we're looking for it. Right. Uh, sometimes you have to wait. Um, and, and, man, that's just hard to do. And I got I to gotta be honest with you that I guess if I put myself in your shoes, young me, I don't know how good I was at waiting. I don't know how good I was at waiting. Um, matter of fact, I don't know how good I am at waiting right now, <laughs> to be honest with you. 
Um, but what, what, what's up with that feeling? What is that feel? And, and how would you talk to people your age right now about this persistent prayer, not seeing the results, but still following God and waiting anyway? Um, I would first let them know that I was a microwave person. And that, that was my patience. Like, I put it in the microwave, hit start, 30 seconds, it's done. It's done. A minute is done. But I had to go from a microwave person to just developing that patience to say, it's okay to wait because you don't know what God is doing on the other side of your waiting. Um, I remember one time I was getting ready to go to work and my car didn't start. I was like, all right, cool. My car not started. I'm going to call my job and say, hey, I'm having car trouble. And you're going to let them know I can't come in right on time. I ended up getting a ride through my big brother. And on the way, it was a bad wreck on the interstate. So on the other side of my frustration, because my car didn't start, I needed to jump off. That wreck, that wreck happened. What I learned from that at that time was that wreck could have been me. Wow. So that was God on the other half of my frustration and my, my frustrated patience. That's what I call it. Because I was, I was patient, but I was angry at the same time. I'm, I'm like... I'm not at work on time. I'm missing money. So the, the person in there, those people in that wreck could have been me. Right. So I prayed and I was like, okay. So now I see how God is working on the other side. It, like, like I said, it might not happen immediately, but you will see what God is doing on the other half. So you can be patient and prayerful and faithful and angry at the same time? I can. You can? Yes. All right. All right. All right. That, that's expanded theology. So... So, so I can be all of the, I can be, I can pray. Right. I can be patient. Right. I can be faithful, but I can still be angry. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, that's cool. I like that because I've always shared with people that God is big enough to handle your little bitty emotions. He is. Uh, your, your anger. God can handle your anger. You can be, you know, frustrated with God, shaking your fist and praising at the same time. Right. And so I'm, I'm you know, matter of fact, I, I argue this point, Keenan, and I still believe, I believe that on a good Sunday morning, uh, you got the reason you have church the way that you have it and the emotional euphoria that African-American people reach God with is out of a combination of those feelings. I'm right. mad at you and I love you at the same time. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with the results you're giving me, but I yet trust and believe that you are the singular source and the only one who can change it and make it better. Right. That's, that's what brings us into the worship atmosphere uh, the way we're in it and we are right now. Uh, wow, that's good stuff. I, I really appreciate that. You, you broaden my understanding and my territory. So this idea of faith at best uh, from that thought we just shared is complicated. Right, very. Um, it's not going to always be complicated, but in those times it is complicated. I stay persistent, um, stay praying, stay reading. Um, going back to the being angry part, um, yeah. I learned that it was okay to be angry with God once I heard and saw about Jesus flipping the tables because <laughs> it was right. at that moment I was like, you can't flip tables and be happy. Like, right. you, you just can't. And right. it, it even said in that passage, Jesus was frustrated with what the people were doing inside the temple. So that's when I learned to say, okay, if, if God knows that I'm angry, why try to hide it? Like, wow. 
whenever I'm going through something, my, my prayer changes. Like, if I'm going through a situation, all right, God, here's the situation. Here's what I'm going to do if you don't help me. Right. So it's best right now that you help me. Right. Because what I'm going to do or what I might do does not look good. Right. So that has been, that has eased the complication for me. Um, I, I tell myself, um, you can't be real with God's people if you're not real with God. And yes, people say, well, he already know it, so why tell him? Just knowing that he already knows is not, it does not satisfy within my spirit because just because he knows doesn't mean I can hide it. Like, I always say, here it is, I need this, I need that. So, um, cast your cares on right. him. Right. Because he cares for you. Yeah. So, um, it, it does get complicated sometimes, yeah. but never give up because you don't know what the other side looks like. Right. So That, that was a, a very powerful thought you shared a moment ago, how God is working on the other side or on the other end of what you're experiencing and how your frustration of losing money, being late for work and all of that occurs while at the same time, God is protecting you from danger right. and potentially a wreck. So, so I got the, I'm, I'm going to flip the script on you a little bit, all right? So that happens, and sometimes God let your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your somebody that you thought you were hooked up with and they the sweetest thing you know, um, or with young people, this right. happens regularly, right? Right. Uh, you the one. I mean, I think she the one. I think he's the one. And then they are the one that is, you know, doing everything under the sun. And you, you feel something, some sort of way. Uh, how do, how, I mean, how does your generation deal with that? My generation deals with things on a social media base. Like, uh -huh. something happens, okay, I'm going to post it on Facebook, I'm going to post it on Twitter, I'm going to Snapchat it, I'm going to Instagram it. But me... Now that I've been through certain situations and my faith has grown, I don't post my I don't post what I'm going through or what what's happening just out of safety number one. Right. Because you can post, hey, I just got my stimulus, and somebody's seeing there who needs some money. <laughs> All right, cool. He just got his stimulus, so let's go, let's go do this. Right. So hit him up. Right. You never know what's happening on the other side. So I don't post things like I said for safety. Um, but the, the generation now is a social media, is a social media generation, it's instant. Um, like, I don't understand why to post something that you're going through, but that's not me. Like, um, like you said, with the, the, the significant other that might be the one. Um, dealing with that, mm -hmm. going from someone you have been with and confided in and told certain things, and then they're here one day, and then you feel something or they feel something, and y'all gone the next day. That's a, that's, a, that's a challenge because you're, that's another point of frustration. All right, God, we were together for this amount of years, this amount of time, and now we're not. Like, who do I go to? Who do I run to? So within that, that's another calling from God. Okay, I, I took this person for this time, so develop more time with me or just change how you look at certain things. So, um, coming from that, speaking from that experience, um, I've learned that you have to be alone sometimes and it's okay to be alone because your alonement, first of all, let me say this, I feel like self-love is the best love. If you can't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. So 
Um, I'm, not, I'm not preaching to anybody to say be alone, but enjoy yourself before you enjoy anybody else. Let's not yeah. throw it out there. But dealing with uh, having a person one day and then the next day they're gone, um, I've learned that you can develop different habits. Um, I like to read a lot, like I read scripture. Um, I develop just, being, like I said, being by myself. Um, then that way I control my time. I'm not dependent on anyone else's time and things like that. That's cool. That's, that's great maturity and great faith development. I like what you said as you began to respond to the question. You said as you experienced, or if you, if you would experience, the first thing you say is, I, God. Right. I, I like that. You know, it, it, and what I like about it is it wasn't a our Father, Heavenly Father. It was, all right, God, all right, God. That's I mean, that, that's me and you talking. And that's how I believe, that's how I learned to approach God. Uh, in, a, in a very young age, my conversation with the Lord was at the level of my conversation. Right. Uh, before I knew all of the thee, thou's, thus and so, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, and other, I just said, ebonically, all right, God. I mean, you know, and that's where, I'm, and that's where God wants us to come, and, and that's how we enter into the Lord. So the, the, earlier in the broadcast, uh, the song that introduced us for tonight's worship says, the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God of the night. When things go wrong, he'll make it right. right. That's, that's faith at every level at different points in time. Yes, sir. Here's where you introduced yourself and how you came into this uh, uh, teaching with us tonight. At the beginning of last year, I was on the mountain. Right, I was good. I was on the mountain, I was good, right? January, on the mountain. February, on the mountain. Uh, March, April, May gave us some valley days. Um, but then, even though the valley that we're in or we entered into has not ended, did your faith bring you back to the mountain or did God come down to the valley? Hmm. It's a perception question. I it don't is. think there's a right or wrong, but how would you describe it? Um, I would say it's a little bit of both because yeah. at first, like I said, January, February, I got it. I am got a job. I'm cool. Um, I'm, I'm okay with God. I'm cool. I'm not frustrated with God right. yet. But March hit, okay, all right, let's, we got to talk. Big G-O-D, we got to talk. Like, right, right, right. You said this. I'm doing this. Nothing is happening. Right. And so he met me at a point about... I'll say June and July of, of last year. Yeah. When I was turning 24, I was like, all right, cool. Um, we had had conversations about me moving out. And then it was kind of like a hesitant moment then because I was like, okay, um, things, things that need to happen, A, B, and C. So mm -hmm. I told God my, I prayed and I ain't going to say I prayed. I, I talked to God because my, right. my prayer is, hey. And listen. that's what prayer is, right. talking it's to a God. Mine is a conversation, one-on-one -on -one in conversation with mm -hmm. you and God. So I had that conversation. Um, I told him what I want and not what I needed because that's, just, that's, that's the nature of people. We want what we want, but not what we need because we're sometimes scared that what we need is not going to be what we want. That's a whole other conversation. But we're going to have to have it, though. I mean, that, that was too deep for you to drop in here right now. And then all of a sudden we go, you know, yeah, so, we'll have it later. We'll have it later. You, part two. Part two. All right. So what I learned, <clears throat> okay, um, was that, <clears throat> wow, 
when he meets you on your low points, it's okay. Don't, don't just say he met me on my low points, so I'm not going to remember him in my high points because same God that gave you those, those high points, those mountain points will be the same God that's going to be sitting with you when all your friends are gone, when you think you got it, and everyone else is just gone. Right. So the same God that's with you at the high point when you're getting the, the Oscar, that Grammy, that Tony Award to say, hey, this is me right now, but behind closed doors, this is what I'm going through. Right. So that same God is going to always be, be with you no matter right. what. So, yea, though I walk through the valley, right. I'm not I will in fear it. no, I'm not in it. I will fear no evil, for right. thou art with me. What I love about uh, what the words of that song say, which is a very old song, but it's very present and updated right now. Um, what I love about it is this, the same God who is with you at that high moment, like you said, is right there holding your hand in what you feel to be the lowest moment. Um, one of the things that, that the scripture reminds us of is that low moments will come. Right. Uh, rough times will come. Temptations will come. But in those moments, God has not abandoned us. Right. He's available to us, and he's right there to meet us at the hour of our need or at the point of our need. I think that's, the, that's a powerful piece for, for me to remember because, I, I, you know, some, and, and, and sometimes, uh, Kenan, if we're not careful, the church can make people think there's something wrong with their faith if they're not in a high moment. And, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm addressing that to this audience on tonight as we have this conversation because high moments are just what they are. They're right. high moments, right? Yes, sir. But that doesn't mean they are godly moments. Right. There are some people who are up high and it's not in the Lord. And then there are some people who are down low and it is not because of the Lord. Right. There are some times in life when things are well, God is with us. And there are some times in life when things are not so well and God is still with us. And so it doesn't mean that God is not with us because we're experiencing something through the eyes of someone else that looks bad. It just means, and as a matter of fact, I've learned from my travels in various places that there are people who see more God in their, what we think low moments of life are, than we do in our own high moments. Uh, I traveled to some places where I saw poverty in third world countries, but I saw happy people. Right. And the, the beauty of that was these people are walking around. I'm like, man, here I am. I got all this stuff back in the United States, and I thought I was happy. And they're walking around singing with great joy with no shoes on their feet, carrying water from one place to another when I got running water. But I don't have, uh, they don't have nearly half the stress that I have. They're not worried about paying for nothing. They're not worried about keeping anything. And their faith in God was strong. Right. They walked miles to church. They walked through villages, through danger to get there. And I said, here I am driving in a car, and I get road rage if somebody pull in front of me in a 12-minute journey. Yep. And so that whole piece to me is powerful. So as we begin to kind of wrap it up and conclude it, what is it about that faith development process that you would share? And really, Ken and I, I've been talking to you about your generation, but you've been talking to everybody tonight. I mean, you've been preaching pretty good. So, I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, where you want me to send the love offering to? I mean, I, I, I do it, but go ahead. Where is that faith development piece for you? Talk to me about that. Um, right now, the development of my faith is, I'm going to say, it's not where 
it used to be. Because like I said earlier, it used to be microwave. All right, if I don't have it in 30 seconds, cool. Like I'm done, I'm giving up. It's no, it's no point in trying. But now over the years of going from a microwave to just letting it happen, like going from microwave to oven, things, you put things in the oven, I gotta take the time. You want your stuff to be done all the way. So I've learned, I've created my own word called stick it to itness. Stick it to it. Um, yes. All right. Okay. That is my version and definition of persistence and being persistent. Um, just sticking to it. Um, no matter what. Um, no matter what it is, just always be there and stick to it because it. The Bible does say life does get hard sometimes. They didn't say it's gonna, it didn't say it's going to be hard all the time, but in those times, it is hard. Stick to it. Um, in those times, when when you high, stick to it because. The same God that puts you on the mountaintop mm -hmm. is the same God that's there when you're in your low points. Don't, right. don't turn from him just because you're, you're in your high points. Don't, don't turn from him just because you're up there because you can, you can be up there for a lifetime or it can be temporary. Um, we've seen a lot of people have their high moments and then they just disappear. But we've also seen people who've had their high moments get that award. I want to give thanks to God who's ahead of my life. Y'all know how that saying goes. <laughs> right, right, but right. But just the fact that they acknowledge God would be just their, their high moments. So, like I said, stick to it. Um, it. It does get complicated. It will be frustrating at times. It won't always be frustrating. So, um, another word is um, outlook and input. Those two words because how you look at things determines the results you get. Like, I go back to my Minute Maid quote. You put good in, you get good out. So... That's my wrap-up. Cool. I, man, let, let me tell you how much I appreciate your insight, your wisdom. One of the things that I said in an interview in December, and I mean this with all of my heart, is I'm in a season of life where I'm learning from my sons and from my daughters. Um, and the, the, the practical wisdom and insight that you all share with me sometimes blesses me down in my woo-sa-sa, you know, they're all on the inside, right. and I love it. And um, I'm, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for, for two reasons, um, that, that we have participated in raising some people who are good in the earth. Right. They're good people. I love that. Um, that that's, you know, I, I tell parents to express love more than expectations and be glad about a good person more than a great job you know right. so many parents look at oh my child is this my child is that but they're just not good people and i'm not saying anybody's children are bad or whatever and mine are good but i'm just glad that you are a good man you're a good man you're a good person i like hanging out with you like hanging out I'm with gonna keep too. you as my now, but more than that, that your practical godliness um, is something that I'm watching mature and experiencing it just watching you lead because there was a time that um, I had to lead my father, right. and I'm I'm feeling good about being in the hands of someone who could one day lead me. Right. Uh, there are going to be some days that I'm not in church and I'm going to come and play golf on Sundays <laughs> and I might need some counseling or something like that. And to see your faith and your wisdom mature the way it is, is just a blessing to me. So I'm, I'm going to add something to your cooking scenario, right? Okay. 
This is where the old man, you know, could put a little something on it. Microwave faith is where we all begin. As a right. matter of fact, we, we like it. We like drive-through faith. The truth of it is we don't even want a microwave. <laughs> we want to roll up, go through the drive-through, have it served up, hand it out the window, and we start eating it where? In the car. In the car. Right before before we, 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 we don't even get out of line. We don't even get out of line good. We reach it for a fry, and we in there. You know, that's what we're doing uh, because we want it now. We want it now. And then the microwave era of our life does come along. We come along to that point where we want from God, you know, pull it out the refrigerator, heat it up, or thaw it out, you know, in the microwave. There's a right. thaw button on there. Microwave it, it's ready. Then you do gradually get to stovetop. Right. You know, uh, by the way, you've been cooking a lot lately, too. <laughs> that has been a blessing. Uh, stovetop, and then you move from there to the oven, right? Right. There's a thing called a crock pot. Yep. And my cooker. grandmama had a thing called a slow cooker. Yes, sir. And then she had a pressure cooker. Yes, sir. Man. That thing, literally, Keenan, literally, you had to lock the top on it. You put the top on it, and you just, you turned it. Right. And you put it on the stove. Long before this electric crock pot comes along, this pressure cooker, that's what they call it. And you put it on the stove, and everything was locked in. The heat, the steam, and it had a little bitty little valve on it where a little pressure could get off of it. But when that thing was really, really, really at its best, Keenan, mm -hmm. on the gas stove, right. you walk by it, it would be shaking. It, it, they call it a pressure cooker for a reason. <laughs> it was a lot of pressure contained in that thing. And sometimes when we're watching our faith mature over time from childhood to adolescence to becoming a young adult to raising a family to being mature to getting to the seasons of life where we are growing weaker to getting to the seasons of life where we are seeing ourselves decline your faith has to continue to mature right and sometimes your faith is under the fire it's a pressure cooker you know it's it's just it's everything is locked in there all at once black lives matter is going on covid is going on George Floyd is being assassinated on concrete, crucified in the streets before our very eyes. Uh, Orange is losing his mind, you know, and, and denying that he had anything to do with it. Jobs, we're being laid off. Uh, we're trying to get 2,000. They're saying we're going to give you 600. And then 600 ain't even got here in some cases yet. Uh, all of this stuff is going on, and that's pressure. Right. That's in that pot. Sicknesses abound, you know, your cousin, your niece, your friend, you, somebody in your household, you love, COVID gets them. The uncertainty of what could happen because you saw last week they reported 31 deaths and here you are looking at somebody saying, please don't let me or them go into that. That's when your faith has to mature. Right. And it's faith under pressure. It's faith under fire. But what I learned from that pressure cooker that my grandmother used to have, and I don't know if one of my sisters has it now or not. I do know they can't use it if they got it. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you about your auntie's cooking later. Uh, uh, never eat black eyed peas from Greta, okay? Just, just saying. Uh, but um, it burned out so many of the impurities and it intensified the flavor 
of what was on the inside of that pot. All right. You have never had greens with a piece of ham hock in it until you've had it from a pressure cooker. You have never had a pot roast. Crock pot, uh, yeah. pot roast is good. You, you let it cook overnight, all that kind of stuff. You ain't had one until you had Because see, all of the flavors were locked in and they couldn't get out. They couldn't escape. Right. And it burned off that which was not good and sealed in that which was good. And the sealing, I liken it unto the Holy Spirit. It's God sealing us with that which is pressure does that. Faith under mm -hmm. pressure, that's what it does. Thanks be unto God, King, that you have lived a day or a few days without a paycheck. So now as the young man who has a family and one day has a spouse and children or whatever it goes out to be, right. when that check is not there, you know what you'll be able to say? I got all right, God. And then, you know, you baby, look at your family like I had to do many times. So you don't know this. All you ever saw was, you know, this is this, you know. There were some days, man, that it wasn't as good as it is. Right. And so my faith is going to speak to yours right now and tell you something. And I want everybody out here to know this with your own children and your family. And you need to share this. Because sometimes this generation or sometimes we think it's always been like this. Man, there were some days I had to cry. There were some days when I had some all right, God conversations. There were some days I was like, all right, God, either Kenan going to eat or I'm going to eat, you know. But me and Kenan, well, you know, may not have gotten that bad. But thanks be unto God, I learned before then how to pray and how to trust God in my faith and how to walk through moments of faith. Um, the greatest faith story I tell about you, you know this, is uh, the day we brought you home from the hospital, we had to take you back. And we had to take you back because um, there was uh, some concern about your heart right. as a kid. And um, took you to the Bonner Hospital, man. Never forget that day. And this is why I think you're the world's biggest Lakers fan. The Lakers were coming on later that day. And I had prayed that morning. And I said, Lord, I want to be at home watching the Lakers game. And, you know, we had been in the hospital a day or two extra. Right. I said, I just want to go home and rest and watch the Lakers game. The Lord said, I'm going to let you watch the Lakers game at home. I heard that. I knew that. I knew I was supposed to watch the Lakers game right. at home. But something happened that morning, and so we took you to the hospital. And while the doctors affirmed and confirmed the symptoms, they could not find any source. They couldn't find anything. They said, we see everything, but we can't find anything. And one doctor came in after we had prayed and done everything. He said, y'all go home. It's going to be all right. And we went home. He took you home. But I remember where my faith matured and where it grew from. It wasn't that I had had this experience for the first time. I had had this experience before with your older brother in a similar manner. And it was then that God grew my faith and told me that I have made you the patriarch of your family. You are the priest, the provider, the protector. Right. You pray to me. 
and I'll provide and take care of you. So as a young man, I want you to know this. Your faith is growing, your faith is maturing, but it's for a reason. Remember your mountaintop days. Yes, sir. Remember your valley days. Remember your day. Remember your night. Remember all of the moments in between. But God is God of both the mountain and the valley. Yes, sir. He's God of the good times. He's God of the bad times. He's God of the day, and he's God of the night. Yes, sir. Good word tonight, man. Thank you. Thank Bless you. Bless you. You want to pray for us before we get out of here? Pray, pray specifically. Do something for me because uh, young men. All right. Young men. Man, we lost a lot of young men in the city of Memphis last year. And uh, we lost, uh, uh, and, and many times we lose them to violence because they lose faith. They don't believe that there's a better way. Uh, would you consider that as you pray on the night? Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to say one more faith to find a moment for me. Um, yeah. very, very important faith to find a moment for me was um, years ago, me and you. Um, it, was my, it was my first out-of-the-state football game. We were on the way to the Pittsburgh game. <laughs> right. We in the air, we flying, and then it was yep. at one point, and we flew through a storm. Yeah. Everybody on the whole plane, oh, they panicking, they 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 doing this, they doing that. You asking me, cause you know me, I don't like I don't like too much stuff going on. But you right. said you good. I looked at you. I said if God got us to it, He'll get us through it. That was right. that was my favorite faith defining moment, because that shows even with the woman with the issue of blood, God got her to her issue. He got her through it, and then he even got her beyond it with the healing. Wow. That's, that's exactly what I have learned from this whole thing. So just being persistent. But let's pray. Um, dear Lord, uh, we, we thank you. Um, that's all we can say right now. We can thank you. Um, we thank you for the good and the bad. Um, we thank you for the highs and the lows. We thank you for getting us to them and getting us through them because we know that us dealing with them may not get us to it. Well, it may not get us through it but you are their help to get us through it. Um, we ask that you cover everyone in the world right now because we know that we need you. Um, we've seen many times and many places where things just aren't so good. And we thank you that we're on the other side. We know that you're working in the middle and in between this. We also come asking that you cover the young men, Lord, the, the African-American young men who are, who are struggling um, who need to know you, who want to know you. They just don't know how to say it. And we ask that you give them their courage, their voice, their, their one touch, their one push to say, hey, my child, I accept you with all your flaws. I, I knew that you would have these flaws. I just want you to come to me. So be their voice, be their push, and be, be that person that they can turn to. And Lord, we also ask that you cover our sisters as well because we've recently seen where the life was taken and the justice wasn't served. So be that touch for their, their sister as well that's going through the same thing. I want them, I need them, I just don't know what to say. Be that push and be that person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, I thank you for joining us on this evening. There's information that will be shown on the screen, so if you're ready to unite with this church, uh, please do. Uh, I want to thank you for being uh, the guest. You, you really the, the preacher tonight. I, I mean, you know, guest uh, here at this church. Uh, thank you for leading me, and thank you for giving me someone to look up to in my faith as I grow and mature. Uh, if you want to unite with this church, there's information here. You can always reach out to us. You can always call us. 
And of course, you can always give. Uh, we, so, we so appreciate your gifts. Your giving helps us to do broadcasts and do ministry and to also support those things in our community that are good. God bless you and thank you for tuning in. I'm gonna close with this thought. The God on the mountain, he's still God in the valley. The God of the good times, he's still God of the bad times. And the God of the day is still God of the night. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. In Jesus' name, see you next week. It's still God in the bad time. The God of the day is still God in.